Now you got me all wound up on these like kitchen creations. I have to go back and look. There was an episode that I saw on YouTube, some show. There was like some prison meal that these guys would make because you know like they they don't <laughs> yep. get a lot of money in the commissaries to spend, and so like they had this one thing that if they saved up money they could get, and it was some crazy combination where like they'd it was a special brand of chips that um, now it's so popular now because of this that oh like, I know what you're talking about you know what I'm talking about I know the type I don't know the name of the chips but I know exactly what you're here and Let's so you Google can it. you can order them now, but they would get a big bag of these chips and they would like throw in what like. Boiling hot water, a ramen packet. Yep. Um, some other crazy shit. Like all kinds of processed foods went into this thing. And then shebang. Shebang. <laughs> shebang Tell potato me. chips. So, okay. So what is the recipe, man? Like the shebang. Oh, I don't know. In a bag. Shebang. Prison recipe. <laughs> it's got to show up. Sorry to my work who uh, is getting this. Shebangs. Oh, the, yeah, they call them spreads. So when you, when you make stuff in prison, we watch a lot of prison TV. You do? Yeah. You and uh, you and the missus? An absurd amount. That's oh, like really? that's like going to bed TV. Is this some kind of <laughs> Is there some kind of kinky thing here I don't want to know about or what? <laughs> Got to fire up the old prison <laughs> shows before we go to bed. Watch a lot of lockup. <laughs> Welcome, Mike, and everybody online to episode number 40. The big 4-0. Of the Coffee and Codecast. Wow. The tech podcast, where, of course, we talk about neither coffee or code. Neither. Let's uh, do what we need to do here and uh, break these out for episode number 40. Oh, look at that. We got a couple of these just hanging out back here. How about that? Product placement right there, buddy. Love that. Cheers. Cheers, episode 40. Hey. What do we got going on on the show today? Well, I think we're going to catch up a little bit on the, what we've been up to for the 4th of July in the last week or two. And uh, we've got a lot of Apple news to cover today. Some new product announcements, not some new product announcements, and some other tidbits. Our topic for today is going to be on mergers and acquisitions and how they impact your tech team. Well, welcome to show episode 40. Yeah, this is very exciting to be at this point. Who knew? We've like, come a long way. Yeah. 40 episodes in under two years? Are we under two years? We are under two yeah. years. It would, it'll be two years in October yeah. of this year. I don't want to dwell on it too much, but yeah, considering the uh, frequency we were putting out episodes to begin with compared to now, uh, pretty impressive. Yeah, right. Yeah. I did the math on that at one point, and I don't remember. I think we've done the same output the first 18 months that we did. <laughs> well, we're not quite at two years, but it was like the first year in a few months. Right. We've already surpassed that just in the first seven months of this year so far. And we're just into the seventh month. Yeah. Consistency is key, man. We've been pretty consistent. We did miss a few weeks there just with travel and, and could have done a better job scheduling. And so we'll have to keep an eye on that going forward, but I don't think it was um, nearly like it was before we take a few months off. <laughs> yeah. A little bit of, a little we, bit of planning would help us out a little bit, but Really, I just wanted to do that to give our good li friend and listener, Dave Lester, some time to catch up. Uh, he was way behind. He was like only on episode 29 a few weeks ago. Well, it could be that, or maybe he wasn't taking enough road trips. I don't know. Whatever the case might be, he just was, <laughs> oh. he was behind. I'm not really sure why. <laughs> He'll like that. Yeah. He'll really like yeah. that. Well, so. we're, uh, we're on episode 40, so welcome, everybody. Uh, we got some good stuff to talk about, despite uh, earlier, probably an hour ago, not knowing what the hell we were going to talk about. What were we doing an hour ago? We're sitting on the couches out here. I had the iPad out. So what do we want to talk about today? <laughs> yeah, we were taking suggestions from the team. Uh, speaking of the team, I think uh, something that I wanted to talk about just real briefly is, uh, you know, we're, we're 40 episodes in like we just talked about. And, and up until now, or maybe not, maybe not now, but recently, we talked to people about the cast and, or, or it would come up in conversation and people would kind of joke it off or laugh it off or whatever. And, and sometimes that still happens. There, there's jokes made about the cast, but... But I think the, the point is uh, there's a lot more people that now want to be on it or think it's a very interesting show or. Um, the word's getting out. Yeah. And we've talked about this. I think it's a matter of repetition. We've talked about it. In my mind, we just don't stop talking about it. I think it comes up in meetings and it comes up all over the place. But it's taken 
months of repetition for people to really take notice and start listening. And now we've had a growing following and, and even in the workplace, uh, a lot of good feedback coming from folks that have been checking us out. You know, you had some concern on this episode. I don't, just for you all listening and, and watching out there, I don't have any Tesla news on this show. I was so, so concerned. I looked the way it. I'm going to loop it back here. <laughs> so this it, is how bad it was. <laughs> oh, go ahead. Finish well, it's, it's, I, I'm going to equate our show to Tesla. I just keep talking about it Yeah. until people finally just succumb. Wow. And accept that Tesla is like the king of cars and just buy one. And you're really, and what is, what's the kickback that Elon's giving you for this? <laughs> I don't know. Work. I should get a kickback here. Man, you're just trying to wear me down. You figure if you do it enough, then I'm just not going to ask any more questions. I'll just roll on with the news. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't want to hear any more complaining. It's working. Yeah. Hey, did we ever log into Slack? I don't know if Gomer's around. Let me, uh, let me pop that up here. Because I forgot to do that. And um, he might be hanging out there. Maybe. We've got a few people on there, too. He's been sending me a lot of uh, horrible airplane accident videos. Oh, like prop planes or like big ones? Jetliners. Uh, the most recent one that he sent me was, a, I think it was even a Delta jet, where the the fan like cap, you know, usually they have like a swirly design on it. And yes. You can see it spinning. Yeah. That cap like busted off and you could like see it like flying around Ooh. Ooh, in the fan. Good. That's uh, not good. It was a little freaky. Yeah. Does not uh, look like the Gomer is on, so we may not get any uh, Cheeto news today. He's not, but my, my homeboy PB just popped in. So, hey, what's up, Patrick? How you doing, buddy? Uh, my barbecue friend over at the NOLO. Oh, excellent. My tra- yeah, my travel buddy. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that uh, uh, it, it is just a matter of repetition. We talk about it enough, and it's getting out there enough, and people are starting to pick up on it and check it out. And so we've had some good conversations in the workplace about it. It's, it's, we've had good conversations that start at work, that land on the cast, and then it kind of fires up a debate afterwards about some of these topics like management and structuring teams and that sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. And so I've been very happy about that. Uh, and we have a lot more interest for guests coming on the show, too. So I tried to get uh, something last minute here this week, and it didn't quite happen. But we'll be better prepared, and, and we've got a short list now that's not so short, people that want to come on. Yeah, there's a lot of folks in town, and we tried to bring a number of people on, but uh, either timing didn't work out or they weren't comfortable or whatever the case might be. There he did it twice, but I think that was accidental. That was you didn't an accidental. Mean, you I didn't caught mean myself mid drink. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, we had a lot of people in town, um, so we tried to get some people on. Uh, a lot of people ex- have expressed interest. Um, maybe they'll be in town another time here, and we'll get them on, or bring them on remotely. Um, I think we need to set something up. Maybe next week. Maybe we could do something. We but. should try that because we do have people that are in the Denver office, and I know Zach. We talked to a lot coming on too, right. and we can take calls. We can do Bluetooth on this uh, rig. Yes. So uh, we don't have to be in the office to do this doesn't have to be at this time either. We could pre-record something. So we'll, we'll figure something out and get yeah, that going. I think so too. And uh, is there anything else you wanted to say about episode 40? No, let's, get, let's get it moving. Yeah. I w- well, the next thing I wanted to showcase here is that we're trying to expand our video production. So we don't really have the room set up, you know, ideally what we want it to be. But we do have another camera angle. So if I can just pop that on. I think I just double click that thing. Maybe. I don't know. Do I do that? Uh, if, you, if it's on the bottom, it should be live. Right? Drag it across also. Oh, it did change. I just didn't see it. Okay. Yeah. It was so fast. I didn't see it switch. And show up, <laughs> it should show up on my Facebook feed. In, right. And it, it was a couple seconds or something yeah. like that. Did it go? Um, yeah, it did go pretty Yes, it good. did. That's the wide angle. Yeah. So we got the wide angle lens over there. Uh, this is coming off of your iPhone XR. Right. Pretty damn good quality for an iPhone. Not bad. Or for just not a bad. camera phone. Like, I don't have anything against yeah. the iPhone camera. I'm just saying, like, yeah. for, as far as phones are concerned, that's not pretty fucking good. We can have a lot of angles here. That's kind of the beauty of the Sling Studio setup that you, that you purchased a while back. We've, yeah. we've always been just doing the set shot yes. uh, straight in front of us. Yeah. Uh, this is the first time we've tried multi-angle. So we, we ultimately, eventually do want to do multi-angle. We'd like to have kind of one right on mic, one right on myself, and then kind of a wide angle. Try not to scare too many people away. Yeah. It doesn't the, need to be too close. With the close angle, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Now let's get back to the other one. I like that. Generally speaking, a little better. There it is. Excellent. Uh, So, so yeah, yeah. my parents were in town here recently, and and we've done a lot of traveling and all that kind of stuff. And uh, something I threw in here, and I was curious, because you're a Midwest guy. I am. I do hail from Chicago. We were talking even recently kind of about Midwest-isms, right? You (laughs) you You were crossing somebody's path, and apparently it's a Midwestern thing to be like, whoop. Whoop. Yeah, whoop. Whoop. Uh, Ope. I don't know how you say it. Uh, whoop. Yeah. Whoop. 
I don't know. Yeah. It's not even really a fully formed sound. It's just oh. <laughs> yeah. kind of, yeah. I don't know. It's just like an acknowledgement of sorry, I'm in your way or Whoop. something. Yeah, I guess. that's yeah. right. Right. Yeah. Other, other Midwest isms like humidity and casserole dishes. Casserole. That's right. You said, uh, yeah, you had uh, hot dishes. Dude, hot dish. Everything's in a fucking hot dish. Even dessert comes in a hot dish. Somebody had made a dessert for one of the parties and it was, uh, it was in a, it was in a hot dish. What, like, would it be a, like, Apple like pie? Some, like, what the hell would it be? This one was some kind of, like, M&M cookie cake thing. I don't know. I'm not even sure what hmm. it really was, but it came in a 9 by 12 They don't even, they don't come in, like, individual servings there. They come in a 9 by 12 Pyrex. Huh. And uh, lots of hot dishes. Well, it's unfortunate that my parents aren't on. Either my mom oh. or my dad here. My oh. dad doesn't listen. But Karen is not on the she, cast She's today. not listening. And, and what I wanted to discuss here, because when they were recently here, there was a lot of debate regarding the use of the word supper. Yeah. You use the word supper? No, I don't. I don't either. So old school, man. It's lunch and dinner. Yeah, lunch, dinner. And lunch is your 12 meal. Yeah. And dinner, oh, Lex is, Lex is on now, so here we go. 12 meal? Can you tell me what the hell a 12, 12 meal is? 12 meal? Like, is that the fourth meal? That's what I'm wondering. That's what Who I'm asking you. said 12 meal? You did. You said lunch is the 12 meal. Oh, noon. Noon meal. Oh, 12, the old 12, nooner. Yeah. I thought it was just some, I thought that was another, like, Midwestism or <laughs> a... Uh, yeah. yeah, there you go. She's already like, oh boy. Oh boy. Yeah. Well, and then dinner is your six o'clock meal. Like, what the hell is supper? That might be fourth meal. It's the farmer meal. Maybe. Uh, maybe. No, I, fourth meal is Taco Bell. Well, I know, but they could have adapted that from supper. Like, that's the new supper is fourth meal at Taco Bell. Hmm. I don't know. I don't either. I don't I like think, it. I think that they're one and the same, aren't they? Isn't dinner and supper the same thing? It's no, apparently, like, like, supper is like a dinner. I don't even know. We need to look it up. Uh, Who's the look it up person here? Yeah, somebody, I don't know, somebody listening, maybe look it up. Maybe Lex Ann probably knows what's going on. <laughs> I think this we was, had a we had a pretty healthy debate about this already. So yeah. I know I, it deals with like, I think oftentimes farming, which is why it's a Midwestern thing. But I think if I want to say supper, okay. Does supper, that mean sundown then? It's like a time of day when you got to stop farming and then you have to eat because there's no more farming that could be had. It's too dark. Well, apparently there's two meanings for supper. One is, is a light evening meal when dinner is taken at midday. So it's a sup. It's a who the fuck eats dinner at midday <laughs> or a light, e- light meal eaten before going to bed. That to me is fourth meal. Although that might not be so light. Yeah. If you're going to T-Bell, dude, you're usually like trying to <laughs> order the kitchen sink. I've been told that farmers used to have lunch at 10 and 2 p.m. So there'd be two lunches. Now I'm super confused. Two lunches. That's what I'm saying. This is really confusing. My parents would always be like, oh, what are we having for supper? I'm like, well, what time is supper? Yeah. (laughs) Christina thinks lunch, then supper, then dinner. No, there's no supper. I I have heard more along those lines. Like I thought it was going to be dinner than supper. I thought like supper was like after dinner. (laughs) Dessert. And then you have dessert. (laughs) Okay. And then it's time for breakfast again. So it's just like a number of courses throughout the day. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I need some more clarity on this. And then a separate noon meal. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, isn't that lunch? <laughs> Good Lord. See. Farmers these, ate pretty well, I'm figuring out here, man. These are the types of topics we need to talk about. This yeah. is very divisive. Yeah. This is like, this is very contentious. Yeah. Everybody has their own opinion about it. And I've had none of these meals. I've had, <laughs> I eat lunch and dinner. But you're missing out on a lot of meals. What would you call it if you're fasting? If you're doing your your what eighteen six eighteen six IF baby? Yeah, that's what, what that is. So what do you what do you what's your meal called then? There is no meal. The first meal that you have after that is is breakfast. Hence breaking the fast. That's true. That's what that is. See, that's even worse. That's what that's all about. Yeah. Because breakfast, I bet you, if you define breakfast, that's probably in the early. That's going to be defined as an AM meal, right? It would be yes. I don't think there's any, but is there the, any but disagreement the, about that? Well, but 18.6, like you, you might come off that at noon. Well, I think that like, yeah, breaking a fast, sure. I think that historically people don't eat overnight. You know, you're sleeping and that's your fast. I don't think they're historically like breakfast just means an AM meal to break the fast. But well, you here really you go. To get technical, you it, could. <laughs> it does say the first meal of the day, usually yeah. eaten in the morning. Usually. Yeah. But it's just the first, yeah, the first meal of the day. I feel like this might be like kind of a cake versus pie debate. Now like, we're getting really silly because yeah. I don't eat breakfast. I break fast at lunch. So for me, my breakfast is at noon. Yeah, exactly. It says, it just says usually mm-hmm. in, eaten in the morning. So in yeah. that case, it still would be breakfast. Yeah. 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 Well, there you yeah. go. We've come to some conclusion. What is this? I'm getting something from Lester on here right now about the podcast. You need to do what now? Mm-hmm. 
scoop from. I'm game for whatever you want, Bagel. Tell me what you want me to put on here, man. I don't know. I don't think you know what you're on right now. <laughs> I'm not gonna, probably not. I'm not going to recite what he said. I don't really understand. But yeah. Anyway. I don't understand what he says most of the time. That. <laughs> All right. Let's move, move on with that one. <laughs> well, that was a fun That was a fun follow-up. I guess it's a follow-up to something, what you did last weekend. Traveling. Yeah, traveling with the fam. Travel. I was in the Midwest last weekend. I was in Omaha. Yeah, and then you had, oop. Oop. I had that happen. Yeah. And then... Uh, that was pretty sweet, man. I did, I just to elaborate on that it was kind of fun because my mom just moved into a new place, and so I was able to go check that out. And we had a couple parties with our hot dishes over there. And uh, I don't know, it was so humid, man. It was so humid. I came back here and I was freezing my balls off because it's only like sixty eight degrees in rain when I landed on Sunday. And you, yeah, you booked it out of here the last episode. And like we recorded, and I think you were out the next morning or that evening. Yeah, the next morning, early morning. I didn't right. stay for after because I had to go home and pack, and then it was a 4 a.m. wake-up call to get ready and go to the airport. And I wanted to go to the lounge. I did not go to the lounge before the flight. It was really kind of a disappointment. No Delta lounge? How are you getting... Well, I was on Alaska this time. Oh. Well, you got but dual status, so it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But the problem is, is that they don't, you know, I wanted to go have a little beverage before the flight, but they don't serve before 6, man. No drinks before 6 a.m. <laughs> I wanted to break my fast early that day, and it didn't work out. Hmm. All right, that's all I got to say about that. Yeah. The only other thing I had on here is some health issues. If you notice, I'm, I'm not wearing my glasses today, which is, I think, the first time that's been the case for a couple weeks. I had uh, iritis. At least. Which I've, I totally thought you were just bullshitting. No, me. that's a real thing. Iitis. I figured you had something. <laughs> it's not iitis. Oh. Iritis. Oh, iritis. Like, oh, that's why I the iris. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, what is an itis? I don't know. Okay. Would you Should have, I look that up too? Did you have one of them or two of them or what? I had itis in both eyes. Jesus, dude. That sounds pretty serious. It's, uh, it, it's not normal. Uh, when, I to- when, when I talked to the eye doctor this morning, uh, she definitely was like, this is not a normal thing. Like Usually it's accompanied by some other medical anomaly. Mm. Uh, so definitely ad- advocated that I get some blood work done and all that kind of thing. But yeah, good news is with some steroids, so I'm pumped getting that taken care of. They're pretty clear now, so I can wear my contacts, uh, but I got to keep keep putting the drops in for another month, but finally can not have to wear glasses. I fucking hate glasses. So I misunderstood that. I thought you said you had to wear them for one more month. Wear glasses for a yeah. month? No, no, no. Put the drops in for another oh, month. Oh, well, that's cool. I, that's way better then. I yeah. thought you had to wear the glasses too. No way. Yeah, I, I that's why angry. I said, oh, that's a bummer, because I thought, shit, dude, you're going to have to do that again. That's that's no fun. Yeah. Itis is a medical condition accompanied by inflammation, which is exactly what it was. Like, my eyes were fireballs. Wow. Yeah, as red as your shirt. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Nice. We're kind of matching a little bit there today. Hey, we did that on purpose. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. We need to have Coffee Codecast colors. Well, we should order some shirts. I know that I would. There you go. Here's your free merch if you want a sticker. I still owe Gomer a sticker. He hasn't got one yet. Yeah. He requested one, but I'm willing to send it out to him. Lazy to send it. Yeah. Speaking of the old Gomer, it was funny because last week, if uh, wasn't that the Cheetos breaded sandwich <laughs> talk? Yes, it is. And so I left. I had to go run an errand after the show. And so I got in the car and left and I went and grabbed some Taco Bell. And they had the big Cheetos board. I didn't. I didn't make the connection that it was like at the Taco Bell slash KFC. But that's ah, what it was. yeah. It didn't. I mean, I knew it was there, but I didn't think about it. And I pulled up, and I'm like, "Oh goddamn, that's the Cheetos sandwich." I'm uh, not going to get it. <laughs> On Christina's work Slack, somebody had gotten it and posted a picture of like the actual like unboxing. Of Is this it really? Thing. Yeah, and it's like literally like a bun. With some Cheetos stacked in it. Yeah. And then like a chicken patty on top of it. Like it, it just looked horrible. There's a guy on YouTube that I really find entertaining and he's a young dude. I think he's probably like, he looks like he's 17. He's probably 22 or 23, I think. And he's got this channel called the weekly, the weekend review or the weekly review. And it's a, and he just reviews shitty food. Like he would go and get the Cheetos sandwich and he would give a 10 or 15 minute, like unboxing and try it and give a review on it and he's done it with like domino's pizza mcdonald's big mac is it kind of like the subreddit where it's like actual verse reality or a uh, whatever whatever verse reality where it's like they give you the picture of what like this burger what king like. this is what burger king says it looks like and here's, here's what you actually get no he doesn't do that i mean that's yeah i know what you're talking about and i like that too that's kind of cool but because it never looks the same yeah it's like this <laughs> yeah. beautiful fluffy bun and that's like just someone sat on it you know it's like it, <laughs> There's got to be somebody that's always at the end of the line to smash it. The sandwich smasher. (laughs) The sitter, honey. Yeah. Yeah. 
Somebody's always keeping them, that keeping them warm. You're keeping them busy. Like, fuck, man, I don't want to be busy right now. So I'm going to smash this sandwich, you know? Keep, keeping it warm under the cheeks. Oh, God, that's nasty, dude. I don't <laughs> want to think about that shit. That's terrible. So, yeah, I went through. I, I did not. I skipped on the uh, Cheetos chicken sandwich. That's too bad. But I did. Alvarado's? I did check it out. When I was back home, I did not hit up Alvarado's. Maybe a little. Uh, went to La Mesa. Erotic photo hunt. Yeah, I missed out on that. No mm. erotic. I forgot about La Mesa. No Alvarado's. Yeah. I did do La Mesa, and we had a lot of um, you know hot dishes, so I didn't have hot to go out a whole lot. Yeah. A lot of hot dishes and light beer. Yeah. And and bar desserts, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Big desserts. Big pan bars. Yeah. 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 Huge. Like all kinds of crazy shit. I <laughs> I really stayed away from it. There was this one dessert that was just fucking insane, dude. Like somebody had this big like pampered chef bowl that like massive bowl i mean i don't know it's like it was probably 10 inches tall and maybe like eight inches in diameter and it was just a combination of like fudge caramel oreo cookies and whipped cream or something i don't even know what was in there that sounds amazing it was amazing i waited until like (laughs) there was only a scoop left at the end like three days later everybody was working on this thing and i finally just did a little scoop of it and i was like good lord man like i would be diabetic if i just like (laughs) had any more of this right now yeah 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 What's well, a uh, what's a someone's commenting your sister's commenting here on uh, hot dish with Lutheran binder? What's that? I don't know. I've never heard of that. Have to get some more details on that. Yeah, well, yeah. Provide some more detail, please. I don't understand what you're talking yeah. about there. In the meantime, should we move on to the the news? Yeah, let's set up some news. All right. So I I wanted to talk about some Apple news since you didn't have a lot of Tesla stuff to talk about today. So I just got a few things. There's some new, some not so new. But um, the first one is the 12-inch MacBooks being discontinued. This is called, I think, nicknamed the MacBook Adorable because it's so tiny. It's so tiny. Yeah. Yeah. I actually really liked this one. It wasn't very powerful. Yeah. But, like, if you would look at the size and the form factor compared to these, like, gigantic things, like, it's tiny. Tiny and light. Right. But still still capable. And this was, um, this was not the MacBook Air. This was just the small form factor macbook so it was more i mean it's not too far off from the ipad pro really it was a little bit yeah it was a little bit kind of geared towards students and i think it was kind of like the macbook air came out the original one yeah uh they never updated that for quite a long time they came out with kind of this guy yeah uh and i think that was kind of like the next step for students and then they refreshed the macbook air so now they're kind of like well we don't need this one anymore right it makes sense to me it's a crowded place between the macbook pros and the macbooks and then iPads I don't really think a 12 inch you already have what a 13 inch MacBook Pro yes 13 15 yeah alleged a 16 is coming oh right that was the refresh you saw that maybe it might be a little larger yeah there's rumor yeah okay so not a big disappointment here I think it makes sense probably to clean up a little bit of the lineup there right Yes. So it wasn't only the the elimination of this but they also did a few updates right yeah uh, to some of the other lineup to kind of I guess fill it out and they also brought some prices down. They did. So the, the other news was that, what, they're going all in on the uh, touch bar now. So all models of the MacBook Pro, all models of the MacBook are yes. going to have. Yes, you can't get one without it. That's right. You're going to get the touch bar everywhere now. So how do you feel about it? You've had the touch bar on yours for, well, as long as you've owned it. How long have you had that? Um, a year. I've yeah. had it for a year now. And 95% of the time that I use this thing, it's docked and closed. So I don't use the touch bar. I really, I said this before, I really want them to have a magic keyboard with a touch bar because I think then I would get a better idea if I'd use it or not. I do like using it for the volume and some stuff like that, but it's not a, it's not a go-to because I just don't have the lid open much. Right. Um, I'm, I'm way more enthused about OS 13, uh, iOS 13 having the, native support for iPad as a secondary display because I do that all the time. So when I'm traveling, I do have the laptop open and I've got the iPad as a secondary and that's really nice. But uh, as far as the touch bar goes, I just don't get a ton of mileage out of that thing, which is too bad because it's really nice, especially in a VM. So I'm running this thing with parallels, uh, windows 10 and you get touch bar support with that. Like visual studio, all those things have touch bar icons in there. So, wow, it's, it's pretty. It's yeah. a cool visual. And occasionally I'll see something and be like, oh, yeah, boom, mute, change the screen resolution or whatever. But it's just not uh, 
something I can take advantage of yeah. in my normal workflow. It's not always supported by every application, right? It no. can change based on the app you're using, but not all apps support it. Right. Um, and then it's a little bit it's a little bit strange too because the keyboard is something that you always kind of uh, have been taught that's a fixed thing. It doesn't move, doesn't change. Right. And now it's changing based on the context of whatever it is you're looking at. So the idea uh, is good. I like the idea of it. The practicality of it, I can't say is, is a, you know. But it's hard to it's hard to like you think of even like keyboard shortcuts, right? Like those don't change. I mean, you no. can change them like via usually config or something like that. But like the keyboard is a static thing, whereas like now you're changing the contents of what's on what's displayed on the keyboard and then like context switching. So like the keyboard is changing based on what you're looking at. Yeah. So if you expect something to be there and then you're in a different app that doesn't have that same functionality, it's a little, I don't know. It's a little bit strange. I, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Um, I don't know. That's all I got to say about that. <laughs> That's all I got to say about the touchpad. Yeah, I think so. The, but the keyboard has been a big topic of debate lately. And there's some news coming out now that they're going to ditch the, this would be the fourth iteration, if I'm not mistaken. Is that right? Uh, I think you're correct. So, so yeah, butterfly keyboard mechanism that they announced, I don't know, what, five years ago, maybe? Something like that. Yeah. Um, it's been in the news. It's the one that, like, if you get a little dust particle in there, right. then it gets jammed. and Got to have a little canned air to get it out of there. Yeah. just I've not had the problem, but a lot of people have had problems with this one. Well, but you have, like, the third generation. Right. And I think there are still complaints about that as well. But um, so far, so good. Yeah. And I'm looking at it now and there's a bunch of dust particles and stuff in there. I need to clean it out, but it's fine. I haven't had any problems typing yeah. on it. So. Well, the issue is on the, is that the, 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 I guess the throw of the key, like the key doesn't travel very far. It's like, it's like a mouse click. I think we've talked about this before. Yeah. But, uh, so there's no, there's no room for any dust to be under it. It doesn't move very far. So once it doesn't have, take much. Yeah. Once you have a dust particle under there, you can't get it to make the connection to register a keystroke. Right. So they're going to ditch that design. I think they've tried to iterate on that a few times, four times now, and it's still not uh, living up to the promise of what they hoped it would be. And so uh, the rumor is they're going to more of a scissor switch. Interesting. This is the old scissor switch uh, design. That's going to be coming out in the next version. I don't know when. That's a rumor at this point. But Right. Does it say who the rumor came from? No, I don't. I analyst. Don't Some random analyst. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's a, I think it's about time. Uh those keyboards have been problematic since they first came out. Yeah. Like the very, I don't remember which MacBook version that came out on, but immediately people started having that trouble. They've tried to replace like the membranes to keep dust from getting underneath it and a number of different, uh, in the four different iterations that they've tried and none of them have worked totally successfully. So right. if you're buying a product that, that like that thing, what cost three grand probably? It, it was, yeah. It. yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. Like you're buying a three grand machine and the, and the thing that should be like the most stable of any of it is the keyboard. Right. And it's not. That's a disappointment. Right. Hey, man. Beautiful machine. Keys yeah. don't work. <laughs> right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Who needs a reliable keyboard input entry device, right? <laughs> like keyboards have been around for how long? Like, I mean, <laughs> that should be like the most rock solid thing that you could ever put together as a keyboard. That's what, you know, it's funny because, uh, you know, we're this is a... Lyman, who was going to be our guest tonight, uh, was we were talking about this. Uh, There's a bunch of new recruits in the Denver office, you know, and a uh, bunch of young bucks, and everybody over there has the mechanical keyboards now. Oh, a little clickety clackety clickety so clackety. Like, oh yeah. fuck, dude! Like everybody's like, bah, 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 you know. Yeah. It would take a lot of dust to clog one of those up, man. Those <laughs> things have like nine inches of travel. Yeah, on them. <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> all right, well, you had one of those. I like, did. Everybody I in the office here was like all over those for a little bit. I I did tr- start the trend here at the office. I will take that title. Trendsetter. I was a trendsetter. I got the... No, it was Jillian. I, I copied Jillian. I wonder how she's doing. She's, a, she's in Vegas now. Yeah. Working for MGM or something like that. Making, yeah. I just want to go out there and see if I can borrow her MGM card and just get some free meals. She gets some pretty nice perks <laughs> of that job over there, I'm told. But you got like... I don't know. You got them to order, what, 10 different mechanical keyboards that they had on in stock and then everybody just started grabbing them well that's what happened so jillian had the nice um corsair keyboard the the gaming keyboard and that was the led programmable so there was like you know it's a full rgb key and you can program and be any color you want so she had that i thought that was pretty fancy and then i got approval for one and after that it was pretty much game over like everybody wanted one so, yeah, they ordered a bunch of Google ones or generic Logitech ones or something like that. 
And then um, I've since ditched mine, and I think most people have ditched theirs too. And now it's back to just like <laughs> something. I think we just like to have new shit. I don't think it matters what it is. It's just like, oh, it's been three months. Like, there's got to be some new fucking keyboard out there that I would like to have my hands on. Thing looked like a rave. Like, oh, dude, it, it had like, like swing around, like the LED pattern yeah. would just like light up in different colors all the way around it and just like go in a That's circle. Right. Yeah. yeah, it would, it just was randomly doing all this <laughs> shit. It was super crazy. And the, ultimately, I didn't like it because um, it has a massive USB cord on the back it's not cordless i don't for latency i think they have to do it that way well on power i would imagine and power battery power power to power that many leds yeah that would be pretty shitty that's certainly that's certainly the case yeah for battery life too right so you use now at your desk you're using a um, an apple um magic keyboard magic keyboard and magic trackpad yeah I love and, the trackpad. And it's a, it's a clean look. I, I go back and forth, but I'm more minimalist that way. And so I do like it. I've got the curved monitor and a, so it's a, what, a curved 34-inch monitor, uh, 37 maybe? I don't know. And then the, the keyboard and mouse and a little tabletop size pad, like mouse pad. Which I don't know how you pulled off the curved monitor, by the way. The only other two people that in this company have a curved monitor like that are executives. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, I'm not going to reveal my secrets, but you know, I have a way of, it's like you said with the Tesla news, man, you just like bring it up enough and you eventually wear them down. Oh, well, so, I'm going to Brad, you're, if you're listening, yeah, I'll be, uh, I'll be hitting you up. Well, you can get away with it now. I'm sure Brad will get you one. I was down in Sacramento last two weeks ago and they had, everybody had one down there. Oh, you shouldn't have told me that. Yeah. So you just need to talk to them and say, Hey, what the hell dude? I, these guys are all getting some curved monitors down in Sacramento. They got the sweet new office, like all modern, looking great. They have a great new office monitors. down there, man. They have an awesome office, yes. I'm going to have to go into Brad's office in the morning. They don't have any alcohol over there, so I think we still have the edge. It's Coors Light, man. No, but we have like taps and other things. All right. All right, what else we Let's, got on the Apple News? I want to talk about our topic. Let's get some show on the road. We got some more Apple News. Just a I, little bit. Did you know iPods are still a thing? I did not know that was the case until very recently. Yeah. Apparently I they, they were dead. I thought they were dead in the water. Not the clicky like wheel iPods that yeah. they used to have back in the day or like the shuffle. Right. Right. No. The iPod touch still exists and they upgraded it. So this has been, I don't know how long it's been, a few years. Didn't they stop producing these things like four years ago or something like the that? Tu- the, no, the touch has been in, pr- in production forever. They just haven't updated it. Oh, they just, okay. It's been there all the time. Yeah. They just stopped updating it's it. It's just super dated. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Well, this thing looks like now um, an iPhone 7. That's right. Uh, it looks like the same because you have the home button and then the front and the rear camera. And uh, wow, they're pretty inexpensive. They start at 199 Yep. Yeah, exactly. A lot of people use these for like kids. Yeah. Before they get them an actual uh, cell phone because it'll do everything that a cell phone will do just without LTE connectivity, basically. Right. Um, yeah, I, I think that it, I, I was in the bar. Uh, imagine that I was in the bar the other day and someone was talking about their kid wants to get one. And they, uh, a lot of kids now in middle school or whatever, I don't know how young you know, these youngsters are, but kids want these things now and you can still do messages and FaceTime. You just don't have the chip. You don't have the cell cell chip in there. You could even do iMessage because you you'd yeah. have an iCloud account. You yes. just wouldn't have a phone number. Right. 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 You can do WhatsApp, all, all the different things that you would do data wise. Right. No exactly. problem. Just, yeah. just under the, context of wi-fi there's no lte so but they're super thin like if you've actually seen one of those they're probably like you know three quarters of the thickness of of really your iphone so they're really really thin and okay. super light zach's following me on twitter now zach are you on man if you're on say hello on facebook because um that'd be cool we're just talking yeah. about you yeah exactly oh sorry to interrupt but anyway yeah um super thin because why they don't need probably the battery probably goes to like the other radio antennas and other shit and they probably stripped out quite a bit. They may not have Bluetooth either. I'm not sure on connectivity that way, but yeah, probably can strip out some radio, strip out some. It's yeah. an A10 fusion, so it's not a bad chip. It's just, um, I mean, for an for a music player and the app, app or stuff, it's great, you know, right. should be good enough. I'm sure the LTE radio is a, is a battery hog. Yeah, right? I would think so. That thing's using data all the time and pinging towers all the time. So I'm sure if you remove that, you can probably remove part of the battery as well. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, it looks like everything else is there. It goes. It does have Bluetooth because it works with AirPods. So there you go. Mm. Love my AirPods. Yeah, I do too. The yeah. AirPods are good. So that's cool. It's funny. I, I saw this news and and I was like, holy shit! They still make iPods. I'd forgotten yeah. about them. I knew that. I guess I knew they were there just because I think um, some of my you know some of my uh, wife's um, 
nieces and nephews, or maybe it was my niece and nephew, I can't remember, but had them back in the day, you know, before they could have actual full-blown cell phones. Right. So I knew they were a thing and, and were still around. I just knew they hadn't been updated in forever. Well, now you know. Yeah. And that's the rest of the story. Oh. So it looks like uh, the Lutheran binder is cream of celery soup. Oh. <laughs> How did you not know that? Why would I know that? I don't know. I figured you're kind of, you lived in Iowa for a long time. I figured if anyone knew about a hot dish, you might have a few ideas. What, is, <laughs> what, is, what does Iowa have to do with Lutheranism? Oh, I don't know about that. I just assume it's a Midwestern thing. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. Okay. Well, Oop. there you go. Hot dish with, with uh, cream of celery yeah. soup, the old Lutheran binder. I'll have that for supper. There you go. Yeah, supper. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have that when I break my fast sometime in the morning, possibly. There you go, yeah. Not necessarily. Right. <laughs> There's cream of everything, right? Yeah. You use that for your casseroles, your hot dishes. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cream of mushroom and... Right. Cream of chicken. chicken. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. <laughs> my, my roommate in college, this guy, he's a character, and I saw him when I was back there again uh, last weekend, and uh, he just, he was a, he was a med student, and... Also it's pretty Andrew and pretty lazy individual. Yeah. Um, when it, with, with the, not with studies. I mean, he was very good with studies, but like anything outside of the realm of studying, he was kind of didn't wanted minimal effort. You know, he was a very, he wanted to be very efficient with. And so I just remember him doing things like that. Like he would eat, he might have a cream of chicken, but he's not going to heat it up. Like he would get, we'd get like, like the SpaghettiOs and just open the can and just scoop them out. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't want to get into this too much, but my dad has a favorite meal. And all it is is, well, it's not even spaghetti. It's Franco-American spaghetti, Ooh. which is spaghetti in a can, which is horrible in itself. Is it like noodles, like yes. long noodles in yeah. a can? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's impressive. With, I guess you'd call it sauce. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Well-preserved. But I then know. you brown up hamburger. So you get a pound of hamburger. Okay. You throw that in there, put it, mix it together. That sounds good. And then you get a bag of ruffles and oh. you use that as your scoop. And oh, you, that's really? What, yeah. Really? That's my dad's bachelor meal when he's home alone. Okay. That... That actually sounds kind of interesting. I would, I would like to try some if I'm maybe, ever back there, man. Maybe, well, maybe next time we're on the cast here, we'll have to like have a pile of it. Yeah. We can eat, eat it on the show. We're, you're not, I always want to say like Mason City. That's not where you're from though. No, so, Albert City. Albert's. Okay. Yeah. I always forget that. Mason City's a lot bigger. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's not saying much. Mason City, not that big of a town either, is it? No. Really? Okay. Bigger than 800. Yeah. I've been up there before though. Yeah. I had some family up there before, so I'm familiar with the area, but uh now you got me all wound up on these like kitchen creations. I have to go back and look. There was an episode that I saw on YouTube, some show. There was like some prison meal that these guys would make because you know like they they don't <laughs> yep. get a lot of money in the commissaries to spend, and so like they had this one thing that if they saved up money they could get, and it was some crazy combination where like they'd it was a special brand of chips that um, now it's so popular now because of this that oh like, I know what you're talking about. You know what I'm talking about? I know the type. I don't know the name of the chips, but I know. Exactly what you're here. And so you can, you can order them now, but they would get a big bag of these chips and they would like throw in what, like boiling hot water, a ramen packet. Yep. Um, some other crazy shit, like all kinds of processed foods went into this thing. And then shebang, shebang, (laughs) shebang potato chips. So, okay. So what is the recipe, man? Like the shebang. Oh, I don't know. In a bag. Shebang prison recipe. (laughs) It's got to show up. Sorry to my work who uh, is getting this. Shebangs. Oh, the, yeah, they call them spreads. So when you, when you make stuff in prison, we watch a lot of prison TV. You do? Yeah. You and uh, you and the missus? An absurd amount. Oh, that's, like, really? that's like going to bed TV. Is, this some kind of, <laughs> is there some kind of kinky thing here I don't want to know about or what? Got to fire up the old prison <laughs> shows before we go to bed. Watch a lot of lockup. <laughs> oh, uh, but Christina called, was online and I think she just signed she's off. She's out now. <laughs> They're called spreads, though, when they like take and, and mash together like all these things they can get from commissary. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so it's called a spread. Yeah. And this particular one was just like somebody went out and brought like met with uh, an ex-con who was released and like it was an inter- a journalist and he brought him a bunch of these bags and he's like, hey, we have to try this spread. And so they made this thing. And <laughs> I mean, it was pretty wicked. I would definitely like to try it. It was just probably like 972 grams of carbs <laughs> like they care and some hot sauce well yeah nobody gives yeah. a shit there you're just like you want something to taste good you're just tired of like stale bread or whatever i found a, a link to one on pinterest i want to look at it but i have to sign in here so uh-huh cover me here for a minute yeah no problem i'm just gonna sip a little bit more of my coors lighter 
We'll put this on the uh, on the show notes, by the way, so you can you can check out prison spreads. Yeah, can you get the recipe and put it up there for uh, all our listeners that want to make their own prison spread? I'm not joking, Christina. If you, if you can get the if you can get the chips now, I mean, you can yeah. certainly do it. because yeah, usually it's it. like usually it's like crush up the chips, put them as a base, like mm-hmm. melt some Snickers down, put them on there. Like, yeah, right. It's like horrible. Yeah, it is. Some it Cheetos is. on top of that. But people like will fight for that shit. Like they, they that's if they can get their hands on that, that's what they want to do. It's it's um it's interesting too because there's one company that does all of this stuff. Like there's an actual like laser, you know, I don't know who they who's the major that makes like, the chips. Yeah, like Conagra Foods, you know, or there's like a big company like that, like a top food maker that just does prison food. And so like they make the shebang chips and all this other stuff too, but it's like a whole separate line that you never see in stores that's just geared towards like prisons across the country, private prison. That's pretty funny too because I know like it, they talk about that actually on a number of episodes of, of Lockup that the, those <laughs> chips are just not available on the outside. That's right. Yeah. It's a big deal and people yeah. get out and they're like, what the fuck do I do now, man? I can't make my shebang. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a video. I should send it to you. Yeah, let's make sure we just link to it at least. That'd yeah. be good. Well, I don't know what they're cutting up. Oh, now they're cutting up some real veggies. They're using the lid of like a can. So like they pop the top off a can. Yeah. And they're using like the lid, edge of the lid to like do some chopping. Oh, it's like a knife. Yep, exactly. Now we're pouring a can of like Hormel chili in there. Yeah, buddy. Oh, wow. This is going to do wonders for your your gut problems. (laughs) If you didn't have any before, then you certainly will now. All right. Well, I have, I have this uh, saved here, so I'll make sure this gets in the show notes. I'm sorry, I apologize. I'll just be backing you up there, and I was just in, too busy. Well, that's all right. In fact, I'll post it here to the, uh, to our good old Coffee Codecast uh, live broadcast, so people can check it out. Oh, there it is. Excellent, dude. Yep, that's cool. Get I wouldn't want people, comments. you know, if they need their supper this evening. We don't want to keep you waiting. You can get your spread. You can thank the good your good friends there here, the host of the Coffee Codecast, yeah. for your uh, supper spread. Yeah. See, we're pros here. That's we sur- we brought it all the way back around. Full circle. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we yeah. didn't, you know, didn't even intend to do that, but it just happened that way. That's <laughs> how good we are. We, we don't even have to think about it. It just happens. Yeah. It's all Should natural. we move on to the topic? Let's please do all so. Right. We only have about 20 minutes left. <laughs> What's the topic? So our topic for today is, uh, the, the, it's about mergers and acquisitions, right? And uh, how that impacts your tech teams. Um, and I, I wanted to talk about it just because it was relevant. Again, a lot of these topics we just pull from real experience. Man, I've got like... These Coors lights are extra carbonated today, man. I've been like having to turn my head every five minutes over here. Uh, but it's it's a, a topic of discussion that's been coming up a lot recently, and especially this week having our friends here from uh, headquarters down in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, and some other we had uh, some of our other offices around here too, SAC and Denver and whatnot. So, um, you know, kind of uh, wanted to discuss, just kind of have not even a debate, but just a conversation about like some of the. Issues that arise. So, you know, I'll stage, I'll set the stage a little bit. You, as you know, uh, we were kind of for a lot of years running solo. It was just, just us, just QW doing our thing. Right. And then, um, uh, we partnered with other third parties and had API integrations back and forth. That's always been a common part of our history. That's not a big deal. Like you can do, uh, Ajax calls and API calls and that's pretty fine. But then, um, we, we've, we've made some small acquisitions, uh, over our history and, and one that was kind of a larger one was down in, in, in Sacramento. So we picked up a, a, a call center and like a call um, product that we wanted to build. And so we acquired a company down there and boom, all of a sudden now, like it's not just API calls, but it's like, well, they have a copy of the client database and we have a copy of the client database and we have a do not call list and you have a do not call list. And how do we, how do we deal with that? And how do you share them? Like the obvious answer is you you share you share it across both companies, right? You create some service that both can access. But and that sounds great, and that's the obvious easy solution. But how do you get there? Because your you know your service right. has has schema X Y Z where you need these you know fifteen pieces of information. My my service only needs ten pieces of information. Right. So how do you make them talk together? How do you make them work together and and make that in a cohesive unit that works for both parties? Is is an extremely difficult problem to solve it's not easy and you can get away with it inexpensively in the beginning just by doing what you describe as creating these integrations that kind of do a mapping of sorts and then you say okay well we're just going to notify you when something new happens but pretty quickly and now and this is kind of what 
makes it even more pressing now is that we were acquired. And so now there's three of us, right? There's three kind of entities here. And even if you look at the subsidiaries that they have, there's plenty more. Um, and, and who knows, like, how many of those we'll have to interact with down the road. Two, but now you've got potentially three sets of data. Um, you've got three client tables. You've got three do not call lists. You've got three, et cetera, et cetera. And it's just like now you're just getting, um, I mean, this thing is really starting to grow in complexity because there is no source of truth. And in order to have a source of truth is going to be very uh, difficult to achieve because it's going to be hard to go into legacy apps that rely on some other source of truth and, and make sure that the it's calling the new thing. And so, yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's a series of trade-offs and there is no right and wrong answer, but it's just one of those questions. Like, how do you handle that situation? Like, and how do you, I think there's, um, something to say about a short-term fix, but then how do you work towards the long-term goal of just having uh, one unified system or do you not do that? Is that, does that, is that not really the, the panacea that you want to like go for? Well, I think you, you mentioned earlier that there's three systems in play now. And I think that's an important distinction to make because with two, it's much, much, much easier, right? With two, you can say like either one, you know, one is the, is the the point of truth sort of truth yeah. at, at any given time and it might right. be it might be you know a or it might be b either right. one could be the source of truth that's fine that still works but once you throw a third party in here now and he needs to make a request to say like hey i need piece of information x right, right. Who, who's who owns that and who right. do they talk to to get it yeah ideally they talk to one place but even if you start making kind of an abstraction in the front of that and say like here is the thing you call to get value X, well, th this, does this thing now have to call back to, you know, company A and company B and then figure out in some weird way, like which one yeah. is the winner and deliver that back. And then that creates yet another data point. So now you have it here, here and over here. Right. You, so, you're opening yourself up to uh, failures. You're going to have lots of problems if you have all these like dependencies now that are springing up across the organization, right? Maintaining consistency becomes a yeah. major problem. Yeah. And, yeah. and it might be less of an issue if you're just doing read-only type stuff, but when you're doing writing, and, and now there's a whole different uh, can of worms. And if you're doing these writes and you're trying to do them over some kind of API layer, then that's just fucking scary. I mean, because you don't know if that's going to be successful or not. And then you have to think about retry mechanisms and, and how do you verify the data integrity across these systems? Yeah. And these are problems that we've all been solving with the project that I've been working on, you've been yeah. working on. Yeah. Um, and there's a couple of ways that we've tried to approach it. Um, in some cases, it's okay to just make an API request, right? Right. Um, in, in that example, you know, I update piece of information. A, I, t I need to tell you that that information has also changed. I hit your API. Boom, we're good, right? Right. That makes sense. And that's okay. But what if you're down? Now the problem is like I make the request to you. It fails. Okay. You don't, you didn't know that that even happened. Yeah. Right. So that creates a major problem. So then the alternative is to start using like a, a pub sub model, right. which, which we also use. Pump it into an, a messaging queue. Exactly. So put it in a queue. Uh, you can have these consumers that are all reading this queue. If they care about it, they can, you know, it basically it puts a message, puts a message in the queue. It says, hey, this piece of information updated. Mike's application is constantly reading that queue and saying, hey, I care about that. Update my system according, accordingly. Right. Right. That's a much more resilient system because if you're down, it doesn't matter. You'll pick it up later. Whereas like the API, it's just gone. You've lost it. Yeah. So you have a little layer of protection there because you will get it when you come back later. So it might not be real time, but it'll be eventual time. Sometime you'll get it. But it creates its own problems, right? Yeah. So now you're not in real time anymore. Like there's, you know, if, if you get behind in reading, you know, you're not getting the real time updates. So that can cause other problems, you know, like something may have happened that you haven't yet implemented in your system and your system is now relying on that data and doing something incorrectly during that, you know, small window of time where the data was incorrect. Yeah. I think if it was a, some kind of, um, e-commerce type of an application where you want to know if the funds are good or something like that, or if the, you know, maybe you cash some of these things, you know, it's basically if you, if you don't have the latest data, then you might approve something that shouldn't be approved or charge something that maybe you shouldn't be charging you know yeah um and so or think of a good one would be like a refund right like somebody on my system requests a refund yeah i issue the refund i say to mike i say hey this this user requested a refund we processed it yeah then mike doesn't get that message mike's application allows refunds to be requested as well now they can go back through his app request it again boom sure. you've lost the money twice yeah i think there's yeah. a lot of gaps there like right. and, and i think like we've talked about the goal is single source of truth 
the reality is that it's just more difficult to get there. And, and by the way, it's not a sexy thing to the business. Like you can't just go upstairs and say, <laughs> Hey guys, like we want to take like eight months to rewrite our applications to like have the single source of truth. You know, it's just not going to get any votes. Right. And yeah, you know, we're just going to stop like revenue producing activities, like new features and that sort of thing to tackle this tech debt. Cause now at this point it's a pretty big sizable tech debt that you have to deal with here. Yeah. Well, and then it becomes ownership becomes another question in, in the in the equation, right? Who owns? Yep. So if you do want to go down that route, you know, and we're going to create a new layer that that kind of gives you a single point to hit that gives you the source of truth. Who owns that? Who has to right. build that? Yeah. Who who manages the all the intricacies that are behind it? Mm-hmm. You know, talking to you, talking to me, making sure that whatever whoever is the source of truth for that data gets the correct thing. Right. You know, there's a lot of overhead there that somebody has to deal with. And, and does that fall on the parent company? Right. right. The, the big acquisition company, or does it fall on the person that owns the data? Like there's a whole lot of questions that have to get resolved. Um, I think you I, ultimately have to have a collaboration too. I think that it's only going to work if it's uh, not done in a, in a vacuum. So you, but that begs another question, like how do you pull all these resources together? Because everybody right now is so strapped, focused on their own projects. Everybody's running pretty lean. So resources become an issue. Yeah. Yeah. And, and how do you, you, you have your managing redundant data storage, which I think is, is kind of what we've been talking about, but like, how do you, without replicating everything, yeah. how do you manage data that everybody needs yep. at least a piece of mm-hmm. without like replicating records just over and over and over to, to many different systems, right? So instead of, you know, if, if we take in, let's say back to the e-commerce example, if we have an order, now you need the order data. I'm not going to ship you the entire order. Right. And then we're not going to ship that order now to parent company X. Right. Right. And then that company ships it to somewhere else. You're going to take the bits and pieces that you need. But again, it's a matter of like, how do you define and scope what you send to all the various organizations that need the information and and kind of condense it? Well, and I don't know uh, all the right answers. I know that something that I advocated for that we've discussed, gosh, probably even two years ago now when we were sitting in this room uh, as an architecture group and as a design you know, committee was like we, we eventually have to get to this place where we do um, introduce kind of like the by by context or by, um, you know, like in a, in a domain driven design architecture you break the business down into like those functional components. So you say billing or client or um, I don't know, like the, the bigger pieces, you know, the, of, of the organization that people need. So in the case of we're talking about transactions and billing, then really you really need to have one billing service for all billing, right? I don't know how you do that though, because now you've got three bit billing or two billing services. Oh, alarm. You gotta take your drops. Is that me? I don't know. Is it coming from over there? Must be. Usually it rings my my watch, too. That's a little bit strange. Weird, dude. Is the watch disconnected? Kyle's getting his um, eyedrop alert at 6.57. Maybe. Or just something else. So I'll just carry on for a moment. I I think that where we're going down this road, uh, what we're trying to get to is a point where we can have um, one source of truth per per domain you know so you say okay like when it comes to billing and and payments like that you have a billing provider that is the central one uh that's what you want to get to and 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 maybe there's a way where you just build that thing out like we were talking about user profiles today that was an example that came up because we all have our own clients that we maintain kind of in a separate place between the different business units and companies that have come together and, and my thinking when we were talking about it is like, what if you just, you, you don't stop all work to do this thing. You keep doing it the way you're doing it now. And it might be a little more complex, but you just introduce this new user profile domain that everybody's going to be using and you get it spun up and you give out the new URLs and you say, look, we're going to check this one first. And if we don't have it there, then we can go to our respective ones. But then eventually we have a migration path to say like new stuff's going to go in here. We're going to migrate what we've got into that. I don't know. I, f- I feel like that's got it. has got to be a hybrid model in order to make this thing work, but you, but you'd stop it too. You have the old stuff, whatever it is. And then you have the new one. And it's like, you reference the new one until you can get off the old one. 
mean, that seemed to be a successful model we've had with just like updating legacy applications, even things like that. That's yeah, that's definitely the way we've taken the approach with like error handlers, for yeah. instance. We did we did that. Um, I think that I think that model and approach works pretty well, um, and that's what we talked about. We've had a lot of conversations about that today, um, or or over these last three days with with kind of. Uh, Lending tree here in the office, mm-hmm. um, things that they're building that we can leverage or vice versa, right? So if there's a service, um, a good one was an attribute service. Um, you know, you have widget X and it has these 150 different attributes that you can configure. Yeah, um, that could be a centralized service that is is in one place that everybody can reference the same exact attributes, right? Because that uh, same same problem exists there. Like, you're uh, you know the the Sacramento office needs these attributes. We need the attributes. You know. Uh, other applications in the organization need the attributes. So if you have a common reference and everybody's talking with the same pieces of data, it makes a lot of sense and uh, you can cache it more effectively and, and manage it more effectively. And I think it's a good way to go. It's just a matter of like, what's the roadmap that you were describing? You know, how do you get, how do you get from here to there in, a, in an effective way without it taking 20 years um, and without it getting another iteration behind it? That's another like kind of major possibility that can happen is like you were like well only we only have the two and that's great i agree that's what we should do however all the time what will happen is like somebody else will come up with a third iteration and now you have three in play and it gets right. really really com- confounded really quickly well it comes down to architecture and it comes down to having a, a hierarchy of of management leadership i think that for a long time there we ran in silos and we didn't take time out to collaborate about Maybe somebody already invented the wheel and we don't have to do it again. And so we ended up with multiple versions of the same thing, error logging, exception handling, uh, to, as a trivial example, but that's something that like we did 150 different ways. And I think uh, one thing I appreciate about the maturity and the growth that's happening uh, here over the last year and a half, two years, and, and I saw it this week with everybody coming to the table, is just that like there is a need to have this kind of oversight group and it could be we were talking about with like architecture committees or something, but an oversight group that whose focus is really making sure that we're implementing patterns and practices across the org that include things like this. So we're not just going to roll another service for this application, but we should probably bubble it up and say, do we already have one? Yes or no. Um, if we do, then like, can we use that one or how do we integrate them? How do we have a central source of truth around this thing? I'm happy we're having the conversations. I mean, I don't like the work ahead because there's so much work to do, but I think there was a time when we didn't even ask those questions and we just ran with it. And now we are coming to the table. And so that's a, that's a step in the right direction too. And I think we need to come to the table with more of a plan than just like build, build attribute service X, right? It should be a a fully fledged plan from what are we building? Why are we building it? And then who is affected? So if if my pro, pro, uh, excuse me my product is affected and if uh, trading is affected and if uh, the call center is affected then yeah. then let's put them on the project plan and let's say hey we're gonna have this API or whatever this service is done by X Y Z date um, so we want you guys looking at this and implementing this API by that date or shortly thereafter um, here's the specs here's the definition of that API um, implement it and like let's get everybody moved and and moving in a cohesive way towards using that service and then rip apart the other pieces that are there instead of kind of letting them live and slowly just die on the vine or, mm-hmm. or maybe live forever. Cause in some cases that's, that's kind of how cold fusion is. Never goes away. Yeah, exactly. It's still living. It's been here for a decade. I just wonder better yet. Is there any way that we could squeeze some more juice out of the uh, carrot, I guess, or whatever. I don't know how much juice is in one of those. There's some. What do you mean by that? Well, We've got a lot of resources. We've been getting a lot of uh, requests for new hires, and we've been successful in getting those. But I wonder if we could make another appeal to get an, uh, a team, and it could be like a, a new team that's cross-functional between the multiple offices, but an internal tools team who's really like not, it's not a half-baked thing where it's just like they come once a month or whatever, but it's like, no, like this is an internal tools team that like, we prioritize within tech even to, to address some of these things. And it doesn't have to be just in tech. Like it could be, it could involve the business as well, but maybe they would care less to a lesser degree about it. But their sole focus is trying to like, what are the biggest problems within the tech organization around software development and how can we solve those? 
And I'm, and then boom, like our job is to figure out like, okay, we'll have a project manager and we'll go to the individual teams who use user profiles and find out like, what do you need in the user profile? And let's gather specs and requirements and okay, we're going to build a new one and then we're going to agree to this format and, and we will work with you guys to do it. And then there might be technical debt in those other areas, but you have a dedicated team that's focused on that. And I don't even think it has to be pain points. I think they can identify the, the commonality, right? Like with some fact finding and with some research and, and um, dedication, I think they can find the areas that, that there is obvious need for consistency across different applications, yeah. different companies, different parts of the organization. Um, and they can start with those. Like, you know, if, if like I said, a, a widget attributes service is the thing that they should start with because everybody needs it and everybody uses it, then so be it. Let's do it. If authentication is the thing that everybody needs, then, you know, so be it. Let's do it. Like focus those guys on something that makes a lot of sense and it's yeah. going to get the biggest bang for the buck really, really quickly. Um, I think it's a, it, it sounds at least to be like a internal dev team. Like it doesn't sound like yeah. it would be a business centric team. It, uh, I don't yeah. know how much business value there would be or how much they would care. Like you said, I, I just mean that we don't, we can be transparent with them as much as they want information, but it doesn't have to be a hidden entity. Um, but it should be a separate dedicated team because right now it's not going to be someone's part-time job. It'll just never get. Oh done. yeah, absolutely. And so I think that would be an interesting uh, proposal to make is like, could we, could we get funding for this this development team with a PM and with all the proper pieces in place that we need uh, QA uh, to to do this? And then, hey, you guys go run off and running in 18 months. You, we would be surprised at like the progress that was made. And this is an interesting topic, too, and we don't have a ton of time to talk about it. But um, we've talked previously on the show here about the two team approach or the three team approach, whatever the case might be here. He got it again three times for <laughs> Dave Lester today. The trifecta. That's right. The buddy. turkey. Yeah. Um, yeah. Three team approach here. Um, we talked to the to Lending Tree quite a bit about um, their team structures and they use a, a concept of pods, um, which is, is just a description really for kind of what we were discussing anyway. Yes. Um, it's, it's a it's a full vertical team. Uh, that can accommodate a project, right, or 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 many projects. So in this case, we would just implement another pod, in that kind of terminology, that could uh, attack kind of internal distributed APIs that could be used across the org. Yeah, and yeah, I agree. And it wouldn't necessarily be bound by that. I think it could also just be solving things in the database, where right, like I mean, yeah, internal APIs. I guess we're talking about the same thing, but uh, it's. I, like I, I'm just thinking too. It's not when I when you said API, I'm just thinking like, oh, we're not making web requests necessarily, but just like even how like fundamentally how our data is stored in our respective uh, databases, structured or unstructured or otherwise. It's like we might tackle that too, and like oh, the way that we store consumer lead data, we might want to standardize that across the the organization, and um, we're gonna we're gonna worry about how to migrate that shit and how to get it into a new schema that we all need. I think smaller tasks like that do make sense. I think if you're going to try and task them to take the database and try and tear it apart and, and split out all the different uh, entities that exist in there and, and split apart the business units that exist in there, I think that's way too large of a job for a team oh, yeah. like that. Um, you, I, th I think you would need the whole dev organization, but I, I think if it's smaller little tasks, like you said, like taking a piece yes. and, and peeling it away and, and m making a more standardized way of doing it, I think that makes a lot of sense. And, and I think that would be a good way to do it. Completely. Yeah. Well, I just thought about that while we were talking. So I think that's something to run up the chain and see if we could get some support for that. Right on, man. That'd be cool. Just like that, we cranked out number 40. Episode 40 in the books. We had no idea what we were going to talk about two hours ago. We made it through more than an hour. Covered hot dishes. Got Lester yeah. in there three times. Prison spreads. Prison spreads. Yeah. yeah. All the goodies that you need and your tech news as well. Shebang chips. Mmm. Chips. Ooh. <laughs> Bring us home, brother. All right. Our artwork is provided by Yurne the Gentle Giant. Seriously, go check out his artwork. It's it's really, 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 really good illustration work. Uh, coffeecodecast.com slash gentle giant. You can check us out on Facebook or Twitter at coffeecodecast and you can email the show at coffeecodecast at gmail.com podcast is available from itunes spotify TuneIn, stitcher google play music and radio public or wherever it is you get your podcasts if you like the show jump on over to coffeecodecast.com slash review and help us out with a quick note 
Give us a rating and a few words what you think of the show. As always, thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next Wednesday. Bye. Bye.